0: Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My name is Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide angle view of my obsession for ownership, I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality, and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected Though the trophies may be different, the Hunters are more similar than they know. My guest today is Brian Funk, vocalist for heavy music auteurs, Thou. He has also been reading comics his whole life, and was at the prime age for Image Comics when it launched in 1992. Now, in addition to Thou, Brian owns the New Orleans-based record shop, Sisters in Christ, where he also curates a stash of zines and indie comics. To see selects of my guests' collections, follow the show's Instagram at Running Out of Space Podcast. Welcome to the show, Brian Funk. Do you remember your earliest comic book experience?
1: Uh, oh shit, man! We're gonna just jump
0: right into it. All right. If you want, we can chit chat a little
1: bit, but you know, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it was it was either uh Mad or Cracked or uh some Elvira magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I used to watch um horror movie like late night horror movies with my grandma, and um I think Elvira was the host on uh USA or something when I, was I remember a kid. that. When, yeah, for sure. Uh, a heavy metal magazine at all i am now i wasn't yeah. back then um it's probably a little too pervy for me back then but definitely um, was that was the good stuff though you know, <laughs> yeah. well well now it is now it is because i'm more into like the um uh euro you know mm-hmm. like the euro guys mm-hmm. uh so now i'm like deep into that i mean i could kind of do without i mean it's you know some of it's like written for like teenage boys, but um, In terms of like the art and like you know like a lot of the Mobius stuff and um, like I'm I'm deep into uh, Drew Lay right now and Casa. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know like, if I'm familiar. Yeah, they're all the uh, y- you would recognize them. They, they're the um, Metal Herlant guys that they got sort of imported in a heavy metal. Oh, like that style? Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, like, uh, Lay does uh, Lone Sloan, or things mm-hmm. called Lone Slain. Lone I don't know, I can't remember how it's pronounced, I think it's Sloan.
0: The European uh, stuff goes really deep. Uh, it seems like yeah. it's, it's just a never-ending well. Yeah. You can just keep diving and keep going down the rabbit hole, that stuff, and it's just so sophisticated. Even if with some of the themes are childish in the writing is, I don't want to say misogynistic, but just from the man, you know, the alpha male point of view, or, you know, the repressed male point of view but the artwork kind of makes up
1: for that sometimes yeah i mean the 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 writing's a little bit like i don't know playboy magazine style or something a lot of times but um uh when when they get away from that it's great the art is incredible um yeah i definitely like um it's it's weird uh it's interesting having a shift in perception about comic books from like a Western American, like you just think that that's all there is, yes. and then once you start looking at like the European stuff, there's like a zillion European things that never got imported over here that that are incredible. And then if you go further to Japan, it's like it's like a whole nother industry, you know. And I'm I'm not I'm not super deep into like the manga stuff, but I mean, even just scratching the surface of that stuff is 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 wild. Like all the stuff you can find.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what's cool about comics is that um, you can discover things seemingly your whole life. And it also moves with where you are in life. It moves with your tastes. And um, once you kind of crack through the barrier of it not being for children in your own mind, like saying to yourself, oh, this this isn't just something for teenagers, you really open yourself up to experience just wonders of storytelling, wonders of art and, and um, uh, pictures and just visuals as a whole. Like there's some comics where there's really no writing, but you can enjoy it from an artistic perspective. There's some comics where the art isn't great, but the writing is brilliant. And then, you know, there's all sorts of things that throughout your life you can discover and rediscover and expand with. So that's, I, that's why I, I actually love the medium. I think it's a fantastic medium. And oh something, yeah. Go ahead. I mean,
1: I, I think, I think to some extent too, like people in the U S are a bit handicapped when it comes to this stuff, because you sort of only, you're only presented this like teenage idea of, and, and maybe things are sort of like shifting away from that with graphic novels and all of that kind of stuff. And and, and definitely, like publishers like Fantagraphics, I think, like really push the medium to like an adult perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's hard. I think it's hard for like m- a lot of new people coming into it, younger people coming into it. You still have to like dig to find that like meteor mm-hmm. stuff. You think the internet has helped with that?
0: I guess oh, the yeah, has helped with that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I- but but you know, I mean. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I'm, you know, I'm an old person. So it's like I I probably use the Internet differently than a younger person might. But uh, like my perspective, a lot of times, whether it's like comics or or music or whatever, is like there's so much information out there at your fingertips. Sometimes it's like overwhelming. It's like uh, sensory overload. It's, It's hard to sort of like sift through you know, all the flotsam and jetsam to like get to like the good stuff. I think, I think it be kind of difficult, but, um, also, I don't know what, once you find a certain thing and sort of like pull on a thread, I think it's, you can kind of, you can kind of figure some stuff out.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when you, uh, discovered like the direct market where the other
1: good, there must be great
0: comic shops in Louisiana,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely a good one, a, a few good ones right now, uh, in new Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, so I get, you know, I guess I, the mad crack is probably like, I think probably Crack is probably, or the Elvira stuff is probably like the first exposure to comics. And then it was like Spinner Rack at the time, Saver, Uh randomly grabbing um, X-Men and randomly grabbing New Mutants. And this was like the mid to late Mm eighties. So it was like basically when, um, you know, it was like the. Claremont, Sylvester, and then Jim Lee run of X-Men and mm-hmm. uh Wright when Lifeld was coming on in New Mutants. So it's like all the like sort of image uh founding guys. Like that's was kind of my entry level into like the superhero stuff. Um so it was it was basically like Time Saver and then there was a comic shop. Um my first exposure stuff. was totally on the spinner rack. Yeah, it was like spinner rack racket time saver, and then uh, the baseball card shop I went to to get baseball cards and garbage pail kids when I was a kid uh-huh. uh, was also a, it was a comic shop. It was uh, it was family family books and comics was what it was. I think originally it was like a um, uh, like a science fiction fantasy bookstore. Oh wow, comic shop. Cool. And then we got into like trading card, like baseball cards and trading cards. When like the baseball card stuff was like, you know, huge. And then when that sort of teetered out, and comic books were getting real big, they kind of got way back into the comic books. And yeah. um, it just so happened that it was like a spot uh, right next to a blockbuster video. Um, and so like every Friday when I was in uh, middle school. My mom would bring me and my sister after school to grab a video from Blockbuster. And at some point when I had gotten into comics, I started gravitating towards the comic book store. So they'd go get videos and I would kind of go in the comic book shop and grab a couple of comic books. Oh
0: man, your weekend set. You got Blockbuster yeah. in the comic shop. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: It, it, it was awesome. I mean, at, at one point it was like um, when I got deep in the com- when I, when I, was, when I was, like 13, you know, or 10 or 12 or 13, you know, super deep in the comics we would, at that point I was getting an allowance. I was doing chores all week and had Great. like an income basically. Great. So, f- so Friday would roll around, you know, it'd be payday. I go to the comic book shop. I'd buy a stack of comics, you know, back then they were like a buck or whatever. Exactly. Cents or a buck. And, uh, you know, so I could grab, you know, with 10 bucks, I could get like 10 comics. We would go home and, um, you know, they would park in the park in the driveway. Everybody else would go in the house and I would just sit in the car and read comic books for two yeah. hours
0: amazing
1: and it, and a friday nights were also i think uh at one point they were pizza night at our house oh so man like I, I sit in the car read comic books so a pizza came in and eat pizza and then watch whatever video we got and whatever so yeah, it was sick great do you job. Remember,
0: do you remember what um storyline was around then you mentioned was it it was the, uh, the image yeah, guys what- but what when were you I, getting at the came, comic shop? Were you still into X-Men and stuff or just whatever the Oh, English yeah, yeah. I attitude. mean, I,
1: I was into X-Men basically till Claremont left. Um, so when I started reading it, it was uh, Inferno. Mm-hmm. It was like the first or second part of Inferno in X-Men. Um, and X-Men. And then concurrently, I was grabbing the classic X-Men. So I was reading, mm-hmm. it, it started with like the Sylvester Claremont Inferno stuff and the Claremont Burn Dark Phoenix Stuff I was basically reading them at the same time and, and grabbing New Mutants because I love the life felt stuff on New Mutants. Yeah. And, um, was it were those? Oh, I think there's Raleigh X books at the time. It was like X Factor
0: 2, right? Was X Factor, uh, uh, yeah, oh,
1: yeah, X Factor. But I didn't like X Factor, I didn't like it. was like a little too, and basically until, um, until Wolf's Portaceo mm-hmm. came on X Factor. I wasn't really reading it. I love all those image guys. I love those. Now, when I kind of go back on that stuff, like I, I can't even read it. Like I, you know, when all those image books were coming out, I love, I love consuming that stuff. Yeah. And, and now it's like, I, I can barely look at it. Uh,
0: yeah. We seem to be from the same like era when it comes to this stuff. Um, if probably not close to the same age, but um, it seems to me like what's great about being into that image stuff for the time, because you know, a, a lot of your story aligns with mine, is that that was also the, the time when I realized like, uh, my, my first little glimpse of like, oh, there's more to comics, because you had the people, you had the kids like us into Image, like full force into Image, and the backlash of that kind of made me see, it didn't make me go there at the time, but it made me actually realize like, oh, there's a whole other set of people that don't like Image, and we're kind of separate now, and it was, it was a generational divide. And that was kind of the first time that I realized that that, that there's a, a greater environment, if not ecosystem to comic books. But yeah, I'm right, I'm right with you. I was collecting all that stuff. Spidey was my guy. I wasn't really into X-Men. My brother was into X-Men. That stuff was heavy for a kid. Like Fall yeah. of Mutant stuff, Chris Claremont stuff was heavy drama. Yeah. And it took me a while to kind of get involved. My brother would talk about it, and when he would talk about it, he was he his eyes would widen. It was this. It was if he was talking about like Shakespeare or something. The, the drama involved with, yeah. with the Claremont era. Um, were you bagging and boarding too then, yeah, or back, were you stacking
1: back back then? But I had uh, you know, I was deep in X Men, and I tape I would tape them up on the wall. Yeah. So like I had them in order, like tape like a whole wall just like covered in that Claremont and Uncanny X Men stuff uh yeah spider-man i, I came with spider-man kind of late because i don't think i don't think i really like really started reading spider-man uh regularly until the McFarlane uh-huh. spider-man you know just spider-man yeah. came out uh-huh. uh and then i kind of worked my way backwards and sort of start picking up a lot of his amazing spider-man and then loved the eric all the eric larson stuff uh-huh. like those old fogies that didn't like it like i didn't care like i'm scared like you know what i mean like i you know, if, if at the time it felt like the stuff they were doing was was like the cool stuff, and
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: all the other stuff was just sort of like antiquated. And you know, I could, I didn't, I didn't want to read those old comics anyway, so it was like whatever.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it just jumped off the page. It was something yep. to it. that There's nothing, even.
0: I mean, you, there are incredible artists, but at the time, the way that those guys hit, I had never seen anything like it. Like it was just a pure revelation. And I've come to realize, like, we talk about how, you know, like, lousy the writing is. And it's like, you know, like, it's okay that that was an era that was completely just focused on the artwork. I think that's okay. You know, like, yeah, McFarlane was a, was not a great writer. When Jim Lee took the comic book over from Claremont, it took a downhill and went downhill. I mean, Liefeld is just incoherent, like, from the jump, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that's okay that, you know... that 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 era was just focused on the artwork you it's almost like a capsule of time well would
1: probably i mean i don't know i yes and no i mean to me it's always it it always kind of sucks because i i wish you can you can see glimpses of um how their stuff could have been incredible if they had been paired with the right writer you know like um I think Claremont was such a heavy handed writer at the time. Um, you know, sort of didn't want to. He, he was writing to write a story. Yes. Whereas when you're writing a comic, you also have to keep in mind the artist you have. And sometimes if the artist can't adjust the art to the story, you need to adjust the story to the artist. You know what I mean? And, For sure. And, and I, I think back then there wasn't there wasn't
0: that no, there that was kind not synergy. Of, you look at those right. early like um, Jim Lee X Men books, and the word balloons
1: are just huge. Yeah. I and- mean, Cl- Cl- Claremont's not a great. You know, and I, I still have I still have a pretty thick run of Like I lost a lot of my comics at one point in a flood, but I, I actually still have all the X Men stuff and um and I and I I've actually I've actually been kind of filling out a little bit of the order run. Cool. Recently, but but I'm, I'm almost like hesitant to go back and read those stories. Cause I, f- I feel like, you know, they, they have a certain shine in my memory, but I don't think, I think when I start reading them, I'm going to like, not like the Claremont writing, you know, I, I like the ideas and I like, like the plot points, but like, yes. um, you know, and I, you know, sort of always be near and dear to my heart, but, um, I have a feeling that it's just e- even a lot of the older stuff is not going to stand up the way, it, the way it is in my memory. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean,
0: and also keep in mind, like we talk about that era, the image era, we also have Daniel Clowes getting up to speed. I think that's uh, like 91. He's full force in eight ball. Like he's yeah. full on eight ball. You have love and rockets going. You have a lot of Sandman was, 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 I think breaking out at the time, Vertigo was jumping off. You have all the Alan Moore stuff. But again, I mean, that's like, the
1: thing. There's always been cool yes. stuff yes. happening and going on. There always has been, even in American comics. But you know, I just wasn't look. I just wasn't paying attention to that stuff then. And sometimes that stuff would sort of pop through over the years. Like, you know, I was still in high school when I read Watchmen. Uh, you know, one of my buddies got Watchmen, and we were passing it around and, um, some of that other Alan Moore stuff. And, um, I remember when the Grant Morrison run of X-Men came out, um, oh. you know, and that even that as a superhero comic, I thought was awesome. The Klaus stuff, I'm running because of probably because of ghost world. And, um, you know, my buddy that had read Watchmen was reading the Chris Ware stuff. Right. Um, you know, so there was all kind. Of, there was certain stuff that would just sort of like pop through. Uh, discovering Barry Windsor Smith mm-hmm. was a big. I'm like a huge Barry Windsor Smith fan. To uh, um, read monsters. Oh yeah, incredible. Yeah. I'm working on a Barry Windsor Smith fanzine. Oh man. Yeah, like I a hundred, wait to see like a, hundred, a hundred pages timeline of his career. That's yeah, that's incredible. I'll, I'll send you one if I ever finish it. Oh,
0: that'd be great. I just actually also got the um the the Treasury edition of Weapon X, like the
1: oversized yeah. one. It's yep. beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. He's actually—I've uh, read in some interviews—he's got like uh, 50 pages of unreleased Weapon X material. Wow, <laughs> like a whole another like wow. two comics worth of shit. But um, Monsters was not an
0: easy read at all. Yeah. It was masterful, but it, it's—I'm I'm hard pressed to recommend it to somebody because it's such a hard read. But I, I have to give them a caveat that like it's—it's it's just completely masterful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love all the Barry. There's there's very little of his stuff that I just don't that I don't like. I like all, all, almost everything. Love it. Love it. was obsessed with. That's kind of what got me back into comic books recently. It was um like I randomly picked up um I don't know. I was looking at something. I was looking at some Barry Windsor Smith comic, and then I um I randomly went and looked at the comic books journal interview he did with Gary Groth. Mm-hmm. That's like. So, you know, all those complex journal interviews are like insanely long. It's like it's like 30 pages or something. It's like insane. But um, and Gary digs in. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And they don't I mean, then they'll just be talking shit half the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, so a lot of stuff he was saying in that interview was just echoing thoughts I had in terms of like music issues I was having at the time. And so it just like dragged me back into the Barry. So then I started like I. There used to be a um, a website called the uh, Glimmer Graphics. I think it just came down recently, but um, they had like a pretty extensive like checklist of all of the Barry Windsor Smith stuff. So I basically like had copied that down and like went through and was hunting down more or less everything. And then once I got through the comics, I started going back to like the. Um, the like posters and prints and stuff he was doing in like the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. Is he a
0: 2000 AD guy? Is that where he got to start?
1: No, he, um, Marvel, Conan. That was his first. Yeah. I think he, he was doing some, like uh, there's like some um, in Europe, they do these like reprints of, uh, you know, Marvel and DC stuff. That'll basically be like a few issues or whatever. Yeah. And I think he was drawing some pinups in there. And then came to uh, the Marvel offices. They liked the pinups, came to of Marvel offices, and basically just like got a job. Did like an X Men, it random X Men, random X Men issue, random Doctor Strange issue, um, ch- uh, Chamber of Darkness, a couple of, like just like real random things, and I got the Conan gig. And it was on. That's I guess that's how I got like famous or whatever.
0: What a singular force! You look yeah. at his stuff; it's it's like there's nothing like it, and it's. And even you, you look through the, the past stuff and even up to monsters now, and it's like the the guy has only refined his ability. You don't see like, oh, this is Barry Winter Smith's not great era. There is, that
1: doesn't exist. I, I mean, there's some, there's some, I don't know. There's some stuff uh, in the like early 2000s. I'm maybe not into, cause he's, he, you know, he does a sort of like, like chunkier style now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and there's a couple of like he did like a string of covers uh like a Thor cover and um uh some like X-Men or uh Wolverine or Deadpool stuff uh-huh. that's like kind of lazy. Just just know my style and then, and then also coupled with like um computer coloring which I hate. I haven't seen it. yet. Um, yeah. it, it's it's like it's like not it's not it's I mean in comparing it to like other artists yeah, it's like incredible. Like comparing it to like him, it's like less of what I mean. My, definitely, like for me, like the um, the late '80s, early '90s stuff, um, Weapon X, the Life Death stuff, uh, the X Men filling issues, um, the uh, Dash in Africa, um, the this I I think that he calls it like his um long, his long thin period where everybody was like real. Uh skinny and tall kind of had the like fist of the north star look like Uh fist of the north star but through like an art nouveau uh pre raphaelite lens um like that's that's my favorite stuff
0: yeah
1: um but there's there's no denying that like if you look at monsters like it craft wise it's he's like at the top of his game it's it's insane
0: you know i um for me i I talk about this a lot that for some people, uh, it's the record store that informs uh, their tastes and kind of their um, lifestyle. And uh, it, it, it's where people find their, their people, so sort to of speak. Uh, but for me, it was definitely the, the direct market comic book shop. Um, so how does that uh, relate to you in terms of uh, uh, having a rec- You own a record store, right? Yeah, yeah. So would you agree with that? Was the record store more of something that informed you or was Uh, it a comic shop next to Blockbuster or was it some uh, kind of a hybrid of
1: both? You know, it's all those things. And it's like for me, um, I think I was kind of I mean, not so much with the record shop, but definitely with the comic shops and stuff like that. Um, I was lucky because the ones we have here, like I might have gone in looking for X Men or whatever, but I sometimes came out with other interesting Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's a long running comic shop here called Crescent City Comics. And um, when I used to go to the old location, this was like probably the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, I was still kind of a mark for like a lot of that superhero stuff. And I was still like, look, I was still looking for that, like looking for what was what was good because i started hating at some point i started hating all the image you know none of yeah. those guys were drawing their own books right you know and i'd follow them the image because i like the art and then they stopped drawing the books and it's like yeah and i got these young yahoos that like i didn't like their art style drawing no. so it's like it was like whatever like i don't you know i didn't care about that i'm the uh, same you know. I, I that's when i
0: jumped image too that i kind of right. took a break from comics overall after yeah, that. I mean, I've
1: I just I've gone in spurts with it, and yeah. and but every now and then there'll there'll just be something that sort of like pulls me back into it, and um you know Crescent City Comics I was real lucky because like I mean that's where I came came across uh Domu Katsu Katsuhira Tama's Domu mm-hmm. and um uh, Naazakea the uh the first couple like uh it's like the the Studio Ghibli uh camera the guy's name but like the um the uh, person that did like mononoke princess mononoke and all stuff like uh that kind of kind of thing um you know and all, all kinds of stuff and 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 definitely like in that late in the mid to late 90s where um you know at some point there were a lot of comic book shops here and then when the market crashed uh you know they were they were going quick and a lot of them would have um long you know 30 or 40 long boxes that were like 20 or 30 comics for a dollar yeah so like you go and i would just rack up comics and at that point you know i was still grabbing a lot of stuff filling in stuff that i liked but i was also picking up random stuff that i didn't know that i just thought looked cool v for vendetta like i got that in a 10 for a dollar box Incredible. You know, I, I had the whole run at one point from for nothing incredible and i, and I just grabbed it because they're like oh this like this sounds cool it looks cool and i just grabbed it and yeah you I read it one day and I was like, oh, oh, this is the Watchman guy. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I was just kind of lucky that the comic shops, at least the main ones I was going to Crescent City Comics, um, more fun comics, uh, family, family books and comics before it closed. Um, they had other stuff. They had stuff that, you know, it was cool stuff, too. Mm -hmm. mixed in with all the fluff and um, you know Crescent City Comics is still like that they still carry a ton of like incredible stuff so like they're you know it's 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 always you know and it's funny because now I kind of look at it from like a I see the business perspective Um, Mm -hmm. I mean I don't I don't adhere to this with my shop at all but like you stock comics in your shop what's that you stock comics in your shop Uh, I do have some comics but in terms of like comics or records or whatever like like I don't, I don't stock stuff cause it's going to sell or cause mm-hmm. I think it'll sell or what, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I just stock stuff I think is cool. Cool. So like, like that's, that's the, that's the thing. So like if, if it's, if, if I'm going to ha- get a record and it's going to sit there for 10 years and I got to sit in there with it and look <laughs> at it for 10 years, you know what I mean? It's gotta be yeah. something that yeah. I don't mind looking at, you know I like but it's not going to annoy me that this record is still here or a yeah. comic or book or whatever. Like it's gotta be cool. Whereas, you know, some of these other shops that admittedly are more, are way more financially successful and stable than I am. <laughs> uh, you know, they're stocking all kinds of, you know, BS stuff and tchotchkes and, right. you know, keychains and stickers and, you know, all kinds of stupid stuff that I like. I could, I can't even stand to be around it.
0: Yeah. let alone have it,
1: you know, it would it would be in the cheapo bin if I had, you know. Yeah, you would
0: out. be walking to some of the shops that do the hybrids uh, kind of um, sales method, like the hybrid curation, if you want to even call it that. And um, sometimes it is a turnoff. I know what you're talking about because it does seem like um, the person stocking it is is just stocking it because they know that people like whatever Marvel Comics is putting out now. And I'm not bashing Marvel. I I still read Marvel, but you can tell when somebody is just stocking stuff that they know that that will sell because they have to make their bottom line, whatever. So it's cool to actually find a shop that may not may have a, 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 it may be more challenging for them to um, stay open, but there is a level of curation and um, heart that's put into what they're putting out. So that's really cool to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, down here, Crescent City's like a good balance of the two. But I'm just not, like, personally, I'm not a very balanced, you know, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to go in and just, it'd be cool stuff. and You want to discover cool. stuff.
0: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But what was, uh, what was cool about the direct market for me and some of these comic shops and very pivotal is that, like, even though, like, when I was as a kid, like going in, I just wanted to read Spider-Man or I just wanted to read Punisher. Like I was still exposed to like a Dark Knight Returns poster on the wall, a concrete T-shirt hanging, you know, a Cerebus book that no. they put up front. You know, I w- even though I was like, nah, I don't, I'm not really into that yet. Cause a lot of that stuff went over my head. Like Watchmen went over my head when it- I was at the direct markets, like at the time those were first released, just went over my head, but I knew about it so that by the time I was at the, the stage of my, in my life where I was looking for something more out of comic books. I was able to recall like, Oh yeah, all those titles I would see, let me check those out now. So in that sense, like it's really, it, it harkens back to my point earlier, how co- you comic books expand with you, you expand with comics. If
1: you let it, if you really um, are willing to go on that journey. Yeah. I mean, p- when, when I got back into comics, a few years back, I was just sort of like randomly grabbing stuff. I would go to Crescent city and I would randomly grab stuff that I just thought looked cool. Cool. And, and it was, it looked interesting, like seemed like I had interest in it. I was just, you know, buying stuff that were, the way I used to get records, you know, the way I used to just get records that I thought Santa cool or grab a record that, that looked cool. Um, you know, and then I fell off again for a little bit sort of, and then Barry Windsor Smith pulled me back and, um, you know, and doing the research and like hunting down the Barry Windsor Smith interviews and stuff that got me to the cartoonist kayfabe mm-hmm. YouTube channel. I don't know if you want to watch great. that. That's great. Uh, right. And so, so, and then those guys basically drew me back into the hunt for stuff even further back that I had missed. Um, and, and that's kind of where I've been for like the last like two or three years on so just on a like more or less like seventies, eighties kick of like, um, euro stuff and some manga stuff that I just missed I don't know for whatever reason I just didn't or 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 even at the time like I didn't really like it you know like um I'm sure I've seen like Richard Corbin stuff before in my life and like uh, totally unappealing but now you know that I'm 42 whatever whatever my sensibilities have changed a little bit like now I'm like I don't know. I'm not, not obsessed with them, but I've been buying stacks of Richard Corbin stuff. So it clicks. I know what you mean.
0: It clicks you you, sometimes. And this is, I think with all art, some art, you have to come to it. Like just because it's out at the time doesn't mean you're going to gravitate towards it. You have to meet it at a certain stage in your life, or you, or you have to make yourself say, I'm going to, I'm going to check this out because I know there's something there and I'm going to figure out how to like something like that.
1: I mean, it's like that with me with music too. Like, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, sometimes, you know, like uh, at, at one point I was listening to like a lot of um, like pop country stuff, mm-hmm. like r- straight up like radio, current, current, like this year country type stuff, you know? And, and f- part of that was, it was just like a great palate cleanser from all the other stuff I'm sure. that, I, that I've been listening to. And and I think with like visual arts, it's a lot like that too. Like I'll get real deep into something for a while and I just need something totally different to like, give me a new perspective on, you know, the stuff I'm looking at.
0: Was that a inclination of yours from early on, or is that something that's developed as your own artistic palette has developed?
1: I mean, I think there's always been inklings of that throughout my life. Um Cause I just go through these, you know, I go through these spurts where I'm like real obsessive over a very particular. I like this thing, and that's all I want is I want this thing. I want to consume this thing, and especially with music, I'll, I'll get like that where you know something, some band of a certain genre or whatever, I'll I'll love it, and then I'll track down like a hundred bands of that genre, you know. And then at some point, it's sort of like I have to whittle it down. Okay, I don't really like all of this stuff, and actually, I only like the first five really good ones that I came to, like, that's what I like, you know, that's the core of what I like. And so everything else is just sort of fluff or whatever.
0: Yeah. So where do you think, uh, w- what do you think about like the newer comics? Are you reading any, are you reading anything that's, that's current?
1: Um, current uh, silver coin I'm reading, uh, which is, it's fine. I, I mainly like it cause it's like, um I hadn't read, um, like a monthly in years and years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saw, so, and I just had a urge, you know, like, you know, it's the same thing with like, 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 uh, the Netflix mentality of like, you want the season, you want to just be able to go through the whole season yeah. of a thing or whatever. Like yeah. I had gotten like that with comics, like where I didn't want to, I didn't want to just read a chapter and have to wait a month for the next chapter and like, space it out over a year or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I want to just read the thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just had, I had an urge to like get back into like the month, you know? Yeah. Just having a book I could go get, you know, or a few, but Silver silver coin red room are like probably the only two that I've been reading that are um, current, current and like month, you know, just, I'm just reading them as they mm-hmm. come out. Um, I just, I haven't done floppies in so long. No. Yeah. Now, now, I'm kind of getting back into it, but um, but but really only if it's like um, the coloring or something okay. is better on the singles. And I don't bag and board anything; everything's just in a box. You know, okay. I, just, I I have stuff just to. I'm not. I I hate like collector culture. I hate it. You're not into it. No, I hate it. I hate it. Like I'm very, uh, especially from the record shop. I fucking hate it. Oh, what color vinyl is this? Uh-huh. I hate it. Well, I, Whoa, to I want
0: to get into this. I want to get into this because I'm not well, so about it. I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm just
1: I'm just very, I'm just very utilitarian when it comes to a bit sort of when it comes to like uh like art and stuff mm-hmm. in general. So like um you know, between losing stuff and moving and Katrina and blah blah blah, like I've sort of like weaned down my stuff. I mean, I still have a lot of stuff, but I've weaned it down to like the stuff that I keep coming back to. So like yeah. comic, like if I read some comic and I'm like, I'm never going to read this again. Like it's gone. It's at the re- it's at the shop or I'm, I'm getting get rid of it. You know, I just, I don't want to keep a ton of stuff. I don't want the house to be piled up with stuff. I want the house yeah. to have this stuff in it that like, I need, I need to pull, I need to pull, I need to read this 10 more times yeah. this month. You know, I need to listen to this record a hundred more times today. You know, like, if I haven't listened to something in a year, like it's, it's got to go. Like I used to be more of a completist about stuff, about uh, everything. And now I'm less like that. Now I'm like, okay, I want to chop this down. Like just what I need, whether it be like, um, you know, like say the records, like I don't need every Pearl Jam record. I need the five Pearl Jam records that I actually listened to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need 30 Smith's bootlegs. Right. I can just do... The one smith's bootleg i'm gonna listen to right you know. so yeah. um you know that that's why i say it's sort of like utilitarian because it's like i'm i'm less i'm less um like i don't want to have stuff just because it's like nostalgic i'm gonna say that and i got a fucking box of star wars toys up in the attic so like right uh and i don't know maybe maybe part of it is like western consumerism and there's like a bit of like um like ownership or something there's like some weird ownership thing Mm -hmm. involved in it you know there's weird feelings you have where you there's you're compelled to like you know want to dominate this thing Mm -hmm. and you know consume it in some way and Mm -hmm. uh but i don't know i just it like it's like what's the point i don't see a point that anymore for me like and i and I, i i i don't like definitely for me like um you know like i was very lucky with hurricane katrina in terms of like not losing people or stuff or anything like i didn't have any great hardships but i did sort of like leave town and left town with nothing based next to nothing you know a bag of clothes and um didn't have a lot of stuff. And I loved it. I loved not having the stuff and the clutter and sort, you know, just sort of, it felt like it freed up a lot of like mental space. And I, and I really like kept that lifestyle up until we bought our house, you know? And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna be here for a minute. Like I can put some stuff in it. Like, it's fine. Um, You know, but, but even now, and then, and then especially digging through stuff, you know, during lockdown, COVID lockdown and all was like, you know, I got so much crap that I like never look at, don't care about, like there's no attachment to it. Like just get rid of it, you know, yeah. keep all the stuff that like is useful. And like, you know, with, with records, it's definitely, um, you know, I have the records that I listen to and the records that Emily listens to. And then there's a handful of stuff. That's like, there's probably some stuff that could still stand to go. Um, you know, and then there's a handful of records where it's like um, inspiration records, you know, something I might, if I need to be inspired aesthetically or trying to figure out a layout or something, I might have a few things I pull off the shelf just to like look at and get the get the juices going.
0: For me, when I see somebody's collection, I like to see uh, a variety, not, not in the sense of different sure. stuff. I just mean like, I want, you know, a, a great thing when I meet collectors and I, I see people's collection is you get a sense of their taste. When you're a completionist, you get a sense of, consuming and you get a sense yeah. of um and that's fine too i'm totally cool with that too some people just want to have every single ninja turtle figure available that's cool um but to me that it's, it's more interesting when you get into the conversation of somebody like oh i only like these guys and you know so i wanted to get you know a, a whole casey jones display going about everything casey jones or whatever but when you see somebody who who is able to discipline themselves and what they like i find that more interesting
1: to me so i totally get what you're saying i mean i, I don't i i the collector stuff i can't stand it i hate it. it collector stuff collector stuff reminds me of people in the punk scene or whatever who were just like spectators who were just there to like you know it was a transaction i'm pay five bucks and i'm come watch a show or whatever and that's it that's that's the end of it uh-huh. like and i don't like that like you know like punk or, or diy or or whatever art it's like an interactive sport you know what i mean okay. like you can't you can't just i don't want spectators i want people that are like getting the stuff because it's fueling them to put something back in because what they put back in is gonna fuel me to put something back you know what i mean it's like it's like that's 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 what i've always been sort of striving for with like music or art or whatever is like that sort of like creative echo chamber and the people that just care about color final or having 10 copies of the same record because it's on different colors yes. like i'm sorry but like i don't this i don't i can't i i cannot identify with that at all and it just it just seems to me like the worst aspects of american culture like i hate it it's and it's lame. funny do you, do I you mean that- i mean look i I, if, if I went somewhere like a uh, action figure museum and it was filled with figures and whatever, like that would be an interesting thing to see and whatever. And I would like to like, I would like there to be those places, but like somebody's personal collection of star Wars toys or whatever, like wh- who cares? Like, I'm never going to see that or like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have any use for me. It's just like collecting dust in somebody's house while they, and it's weird. And if it, it fuels this weird, like, hoarder thing I just don't like it I hate it are you do you have those tendencies do you have hoarder tendencies oh sure sure yeah Yeah. I mean but but from a definitely from that sort of like I have to fight that sort of completist archivist urge for sure which I've gotten way better about and then also just like um holding on to things because they might be useful one day Uh uh-huh like I'm, I'm, I'm slowly purging myself of those, you know, you know like both a bag of screws or what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like that. You know I'm what that. I mean? Like, yes. and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, as I've, as I've gotten older, I just don't, I don't like a lot of like stuff and clutter, you know, as much as possible. I and mean, we're, our house is a little cluttered right now, but, um, as I look around, but, um, you know, stuff like this got to go, you know, yeah. got to make room for, got to make room for like the good. And that's the thing, like, like during COVID I basically, you know, I've had a lot of art books over the years and I had a huge shelf, shelves full of like art books because I, I, I booked punk shows for 20 years. So I would use that stuff to make flyers or I'd use that stuff on record layouts or whatever. So like, you know, you, you accumulate that stuff and zero, you know, just, Folders full of stuff I just xeroxed out of a zine, you mm-hmm. know. That's just like my morgue file for like, you you know, using for flyers and stuff. But during COVID, I decided, okay, I'm gonna clean out this closet of all this shit. Like, we need to take back the space, yeah. and I'm gonna basically take up, you know, we got a we got like three big record shelves in the in the front room, and I'm gonna take up this much space. So when I decide I'm gonna take up this much space not just for records for the records and books and all the stuff has to fit in the space. So then it was like, okay, what needs to go to make a little space to put some stuff in here. And if the space gets filled up, it's like, okay, well one in one out, you know, like we can't, it's not, there's not going to be liberating, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the point of it should be to like, you know, have the, 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 the best most useful collection to you personally, not the biggest, you know, I don't know. What's the point of having a big collection? I mean, I don't know. I say that and I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes it's kind of cool to see. It, it that, is like, cool. I know what you mean. It's expansive. It's like, but yes. it's cool. It's cool. to see. You know, it's cool. Oh, this is neat. And then it's like, well, but if I had to live with it, like it would yes. be quite as. The quite idea, as
0: the idea of having the mentality of, oh, I need to have this, even though I don't like this, but it will complete my set, gives me anxiety and it sounds like a burden. Yeah. But for some people, it works. That's what they, that's what they're going for is to have this sense of the whole thing. I get it and that's partially why I started this podcast is to kind of live vicariously through that in a sense because that's and also to understand it because and, and both of us are totally coming at this with respect and I, I can hear it in your voice and I, but even though
1: I don't know why you're hearing that. there's no I don't like the a big charitable. Yeah, you're being generous. (laughs) But, um... Trying to make me look good. (laughs) Do you think that
0: that is from being a fan of the image era, where it was like, oh, I'm going to buy 10 of these?
1: Uh, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's like, um, you know, my parents aren't hoarders, but, um, you know, my mom was real good. You know, when, when they'd get us toys, like, my mom kept, like, checklists and shit. Oh. So, like, um... You know, I remember you know, like little notebooks, like checklists. Like, I remember like when she was getting me like the superpowers guys mm-hmm. in the 80s, mm-hmm. she had a little checklist of which ones I had. So nice. And but it, you know, I think from her perspective, it was more about like um, oh, so I don't buy him something he's already got. Oh, you know what I mean? She'd but bring you home pers- stuff, she wouldn't take you to the store, she'd bring you home, she'd bring no, she, you home choice. No, she'd take me to the store, but you know, but it's like she's not, you know, she doesn't care about this, she's not looking, you know what I mean. So, uh, but from my perspective, I think in my brain, it was like, oh, the check the checklist of what we need to get to finish this, you know what I mean. So, (laughs) so I think maybe that that got in my brain early on, and 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 yes, definitely coming into comics during the speculator boom and having missed, uh, you know, like the cartoons, cafe, do talk about this all the time, like having missed. All this like old stuff, and then having your your set of number ones and your set of like comics that you could get that would be worth ten thousand dollars one day, like yeah, that was that was exciting. Sure, um, I mean looking back on that, like whatever, I sh- would wait would a waste of time. And month. I mean, there's so much shit I wasted where I could have been getting cool stuff. That's right for nothing. Right. I was busy buying five copies of Wildcast number one. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, what's the point?
0: Yeah. By the you way, know, that I don't uh, even Sandman have anymore. Sandman won the Eisner in ninety one just to put a, a time and place of what was yep. going on in comics. Like, so I mean,
1: I, I read Sandman, I read um I read Sandman in the late 90s. Yeah. It was done. I got um, you know, they had that um what was it like Columbia House or whatever mm-hmm. that did like the CDs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Called, you know, where you get like a yeah, spent a buck and you get like they did a book. There was a book version of that at one point oh. that I bought into and I got. Um, I, actually, the first Sandman graphic novel I read was the last one, kindly ones, um, cool. on accident because I just didn't realize it was the last one. Yeah, <laughs> but but I loved it even reading it, not knowing the whole thing. I loved it. And my buddy had all the other ones, and so I, I borrowed all the other ones from him. And we, I mean, we had, I mean, it had to be the 90s because, um, we picked those up at a thrift, there's some thrift store out in Bay St. Louis. We went to it. Um, they had all kind. I mean, dude, I regret not buying more stuff. They had all kinds of stuff, 90% off the cover price. Amazing. Graphic, you know, so he got all this, you know, probably the full run of Sandman graphic novels for like 20 bucks or whatever. And yeah, it's insane. So, um, they still
0: have them. Is your buddy still around? Are you still friends?
1: Uh, he's still around. We are still sort of friends. Um, uh, I don't know if he still got them or not. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what he's kept of his stuff. He he was, of uh all my friends, he accumulated a lot of things, but he was not very precious. Precious with his yeah. thing. his things would just be like littered all over the f- CDs, all over the floor, and all kinds of. Uh, he, <laughs> I know those he types defi- of people. I mean, he was definitely getting stuff because he wanted to get the thing and like. Yeah ingest the thing, and get the ideas out of the thing, which is like um, you know, I like I mean, I'm not I'm not crazy about keeping my stuff perfect, but you know, I don't have like records all over the floor or whatever. Right. <laughs> like either. When you go on tour, do you hit the comic shops? Now I do. You know we I, I wasn't for for a while. Um now I do because I'm hunting there's certain stuff I'm hunt I'm on the hunt for. Uh, And I'm looking for stuff for the record shop. You you talk about, um, you said something earlier about living vicariously. I mean, that's what I always say about the record shop is like, I've got the shop so I can make the shop a cool public facing collection of things that people can go through. You know, I I, I talk every now and some of my people, my regulars come in, we talk about stuff at home and I'm always talking about like, well, yeah, I still have like, I probably still have like a few hundred like punk and hardcore records of stuff that like I loved when I was a teenager. But you know, I've got all these records, like I rarely listen to some of this stuff, and I could yeah. probably like chew off another like hundred records and bring the shots. Like, I've got all the stuff that's like I've kept it because it's stuff that like is like my identity, yeah. you know, basically. But you know, like, Emily, she doesn't give a shit. She's not like, she's not looking at my, like the records and like, oh, he's real cool for having this. Right. Oh, he's got this botch record. That's so cool. Like yeah. she doesn't give a shit. She, yeah. she'd love if I got rid of all that, you know, all this stuff that yeah. neither of us are really listening to. Like, and i would probably look cooler if I had it in the shop, you know, yes. like the shop at least would look cool. Um, but it's,
0: there's the tendency of you uh, uh where people the mindset that people can easily fall into where you're curating a collection for like a phantom that's going to come to your place and give you a bunch of compliments
1: yeah and we don't have we don't have people coming out we got a bad dog It's no gonna bite people before. so like nobody's coming over here looking at the records. like it is not impressing anyone right you know? right <laughs> it's just taking up space sometimes i mean i i don't know i've got a wee down and stuff i really like but uh, sometimes it's even even then still feels like it's just taking up space who has the coolest shops like what states or countries
0: have you been most impressed with for comics or
1: records or both but let's start with comics um i don't know i mean um i'm trying to think of the last time i've been to like a comic book shop that i thought was really incredible we went um God, I wish I could remember the name of the place. We went to a spot in Baltimore um, that was like a bookshop and they had had a lot of comics too that was awesome. Uh, In terms of like the stuff they had, God, I have to look up the name. Um,
0: They're harder to come by now, like the cool shops that, because a lot of them have to sell, you you know, the big two just to stay afloat. So like they can't really stock a deep back issue uh, section. They can't really stock the more esoteric stuff. So it's harder and harder to find. Yeah, Right. I mean, in terms of
1: finding a shop where I'm going to buy some, but it's, you know, part of it is like when I go to comic book shops or record shops or whatever, like I'm less looking for me a lot of, well, the comic shops, I'm still looking for me, but like definitely the record shops, I'm less looking for me and more looking at where I can get stuff that they don't care about anymore that I can get for nothing or, or whatever, get at a reasonable price and put it in my shop mm-hmm. to make my shop look cool. Look, look the way I want it to look. Look yeah. the way I think it'll look cool. And, um, How does that translate to comics? Like, have, I mean, have- that's, it, it works for comics too, because the stuff I'm interested in comic-wise, especially older stuff is like probably stuff that isn't selling for a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get the impression that a lot of like, current comic book readers are trying to hunt down old copies of heavy metal or epic illustrated or what you know whatever whatever i'm looking yeah. for you know yeah. uh alex Center, you know drew lay stuff or whatever like they're not looking for that shit you know no. I mean, it's a great for me because i want to go get i want to get it i want to get yeah. it having my shop because i want i want the stuff like i want my shop to just be just stuff i think is cool so like you pull something out and it's it's incredible it's you know not everything is for everybody but sure. you know at least in terms of like what i think of as quality like it's all a, a certain standard
0: and you could set a kid or anybody of any age on a great path with that one thing that you found and brought hopefully, into your own place that's like the goal I, right
1: i mean hopefully yeah i mean I, I treat the record shop the same way i did like doing punk shows is it, it it's cert- supposed to be ex- 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 accessible to a certain degree but also not the easiest thing to penetrate so that it takes a little bit of effort on the part Mm -hmm. of the person to -hmm. like do the thing and get something out of it but when you get something out of it you actually get something out of it and hopefully it could lead you into doing you know the thing too is like you know i i have certain music and books and and comics and stuff in there because i that's the stuff i enjoy and i want people to also enjoy that and then to put stuff out there that's coming from that. So it's ideally something that I would, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoy, you know, enjoy, give me more fuel to like do things.
0: How do the, do do your other band members read comics? Have you gotten them into Uh, stuff?
1: The bass player does Mitch does uh, Tyler, our drummer reads some Casey reads some, um, Yeah, Mitch is, like, the other comic book person, but he's, like um, – he's more – he's not into the – he thinks I only read, like, uh, fantasy dragons and stuff, which is not true at all. I mean, I do read some of that stuff, but, like, that's not – I don't know where he gets that from. Uh, (laughs) And and my perspective is he really just reads, like, um, you know, Marvel and DC and then, like, Mm -hmm. some image – you know, some stuff like that. Like, he's – I'm trying to think of what he's into, like uh nail biter. I think he's into that one. Uh, mm-hmm. No, uh, that an image or sweet something. Tooth.
0: Yeah. One that sweet stuff misses tooth. me. A lot of that stuff yeah. misses me. No, I think I th- you and I are our tastes somewhat aligned closely in the sense of um uh esoteric storytelling and um kind of hard to uh, like a hard barrier of entry stuff that that requires. Um, more patience and effort from the reader that, 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 where you, yeah. you kind of can, you can kind of uh, you have to go mining for it. Now I, I also mean, uh, love, I love a lot. There's a lot of Marvel stuff that is it's a lot of it has ended the runs and the writers have jumped off by now, but there's, I mean, I got back into spandex and capes uh, myself and I can relate to what you're saying earlier about how you go in waves with comics where you're in and out. I've done that a few times in my life. The, the um, super
1: the superhero stuff I just can't. There's rarely anything. I mean, I I did just read Batman Year One Hundred. That was nice. I like was, Paul Pope. Yeah, it was fine, but 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 again, it's like one of those comics where like, and I mean, I still have it sitting in the closet. But is it gonna stay in? I mean, it's right. probably gonna make its way to the shop. You know, yeah. if I had to guess, like, it's not gonna be one that I come back to. I wish
0: they made uh, more of that. I wish that was that that continued on. It was it was yeah. cool for when it came out, the storytelling involved because it kind of fomented a lot of the surveillance and a lot of like what's going on with um, technology and big kind of corporate technology. So in that sense, looking back on it, it was pretty forward thinking and it's Paul Pope and he's, I I love his stuff, but I wish like it continued on. Like I wish Batman 100 is like, was like still a title.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, what got me about it In terms of the format was that it was less exposition based, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I like about comics is like show don't tell like I don't Mm -hmm. need I don't need Chris Claremont to write a novella in Mm -hmm. a single issue of a comic because he's got the artist that can show me the things that he's writing. Like nothing is more need killer. All- yeah. Nothing is more killer all- than like a
0: silent issue. Like when you can get an issue and there's no yeah. dialogue at all and you can see yeah. the story, that's amazing
1: to me. Right. And and that's, I think that's why I've gone back into like all this European stuff because I feel like a lot of like seventies, early eighties European stuff was like much more that like less the Druid stuff, especially, you know, some of the, some of the Mobius stuff, well, Mobius isn't like my favorite, but, um, Um, yeah getting back to something you said earlier too though about um, current stuff I'm reading Uh Uh, Ron Wimberly you know him he did um, maybe Prince of Cats was one he did no Um, yeah it's like um, who's his name Ron who Ronald Wimberly it's like um, Prince of Cats is like um, it's a Romeo it's like a sort of like a retelling of Romeo and Juliet but from the perspective of the side of like the not main characters, very and cool. Set set in a sort of like uh, 80s modern hip hop urban setting, but mixed with ninjas and samurai. That's cool. It's awesome. I'm looking it's, at this stuff right now. Great. He's got a story in a metal herlant, like a current metal herlant collection. And cool. I happened to be flipping through it. And I came across this one story and his stuff, he, he just did the art for it. And his stuff is very like, it's like Aeon Flux basically. Yeah. loving love Aeon Flux. You know? Yeah. I, I'm of that age. Yeah. Um, and, and so I kind of, and I kept seeing that Prince of Cats book and I eventually just grabbed it. And I was like, Oh, it's incredible. And he's got another, I actually, and I don't do a lot of, um, I rarely do any kind of like Kickstarter or whatever, but he just had a Kickstarter for, um, a ninja comic he's doing cool um and i i, I backed that so that i think that's i think that thing's coming up but but he's awesome there's another lady let me let me grab the book actually yeah please later. please and this this was another like uh kickstarter thing i just backed because uh she's got a new book uh i'm not gonna pronounce this right she's she's like swedish or, or norwegian or something Lania stert let's see that s-t-e-r-t-e uh, stages of rot is the one a buddy just gave me this never and seen um, this. it's it's very um you know it's like very kind of like modern uh you know like not not quite young adult but um you know like reminds me of like the tilly walden stuff mm-hmm. which I, I love tilly walden actually um but like that but uh kind of like more mobius more on like the Mobius end of things. Mm-hmm. Uh but she's got a, she's got a new one coming out and a and a re reprint P- uh Piao piao P P E O W is the publisher. Uh-huh. And they're actually kind of a sick publisher. Um like most of the stuff's like a little too um young adult mm-hmm. or something for me. Mm-hmm. But uh this and there's another lady on there that that does some real real cool stuff. Um yeah I like I like them. I'm trying to think of what else like current stuff it's Becky Cloonan but I I really I love all the old 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 Becky Cloonan stuff I wish she she didn't need money and could just do cool uh it's hard (laughs) could do cool uh personal projects Uh, (laughs) yeah I don't know
0: so wait so so I don't think we got to it what's wh- where are the, where have you been? Like, have you been in other countries and been to some of the comic shops there yet?
1: Oh uh yeah. We just went to Europe and I, I mean, dude, that's all I was doing. We we'd get to a show. We basically get to the show, uh have to load in, might have to sound check and then I would just disappear. Mm-hmm. I would just any comic book or record shop within like a 30 to 40 minute walk that I could get to before they closed. Mm-hmm. I was racing to get to, to get to shops. Um you know, like the non-English speaking stu- speaking countries, a little harder to find cool stuff because, like, a lot, you, know, you know, I buy comics because I want to read them, too. So, like, sure. if I was getting stuff that wasn't in English, it was, like, because it's something I that might never get translated that I just want to have just so I knew what it was mm-hmm. or, um, um, you know, it was collections of stuff or it was an art book or whatever mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I found a bunch of, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't tell you the names of any of the comic shops on because I was just it was like a whirlwind of stuff, but I sure I mailed back like four boxes full of records and comics, yeah, mostly about- for the shops, some stuff, some stuff for me.
0: I was trying to, I was, I was leaning, I, w- I was uh kind of veering towards that. You have to send stuff home
1: when 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 you're on tour, like you don't schlep uh, yeah, that I stuff mean, with you, right? Uh if we're over here, we could we could pack it in the van. If we're um I could I could bring back a bag or a suitcase full of stuff if we were overseas. But um, we we were just lucky because uh, the people that do our T-shirts uh, out of Berlin, mm-hmm. they were willing to just mail stuff back for me. So I could just, you know, they were going to mail back like the merch and all, all the extra merch and all stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just figured well, I'll just send them my boxes and stuff too and they can just mail it back with everything else.
0: Speaking of your merch, I came across uh, a, a shirt of yours and it was um oh no, it, was, it seemed like it was it was a it was a old fantasy image of a of a skeleton that was on a throne and it had like a
1: crown on it i think it's from conan is that a conan image yeah i think i think when i when i was in uh i lived in uh oakland for like a year uh after katrina and mm-hmm. um at one point i downloaded i don't know where i got them from soul seek or something i downloaded like a folder full of like old Conan scans. And that was just one I had for like many years. I don't know who it is. That That was probably uh the same if I had to guess mm-hmm. part, of, part of his run or one of those guys.
0: Do you do that anymore? Do you use comic book stuff or references for your, uh, or your design?
1: It, maybe on like a shirt. Or I would probably wouldn't do it on a record anymore. I mean, we just, we, we know enough people that we like that do art that I would just probably get somebody like for a record or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'd I'm less likely to just sort of like pilfer uh-huh. stuff, but I, I mean, I have in the past. I mean, there's yeah. some Barry, Barry Winter Smith stuff on some old records and cool. Uh, definitely on shirt. Sure. I mean, we did um, we did a weekend in Florida one time where I did all uh, Jeff Smith Bone cool. stuff for the shirts and the posters. And, and, I'm from you Florida.
0: Know,
1: what's it, you're from? Where
0: in Florida? I was born and raised in Miami Beach. Oh yeah,
1: nice. Um, so there's a
0: but and there's a there's a lot of good comic shops there. They're kind of few and far between now, but there are some that are still dank. You'll you'll walk in and like they have the real like yellow what love. long boxes. I love like I love. I mean, I, we
1: we went right before COVID. We went to uh, Pensacola and I was dragging them around all these comic shops and stuff. And uh, we went in one shop. It was like comics and junk and whatever. And it was like you couldn't you, you couldn't walk. You know, you had to like. Yeah. You know, no, so you know, like dig it. out box things are just stacked on top of each other. I love that. That's my favorite. I mean, yep. the, one of the comic book shops here, more fun, is, is kind of like that. The guy, the guy that owns it now had bought it off another guy had been running for like 50 years, you know, 100 years or something. So, like, you know, there's stuff in there like hasn't been priced since it like went on the show, you know. So, if you dig and he doesn't care, he, he just it's sitting in a box. So he's not trying to like, mm-hmm. he's not gouging people for stuff. You know, I, I bought all kinds of, um, I went through all his art books and bought all these like Frank Frazetta books that are out of those print are cool. and all kinds of stuff. Old, Finding old. those
0: early like pre graphic novel stuff where it was like, they were, cause uh, you know, you remember this graphic novels were not a thing. Like they did not yeah. make them up until maybe they started, maybe they started like around like dark Phoenix where they would collect them. But prior to that, like no, one, you, you couldn't find graphic novels at comic book shops. They were very hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember getting the uh, days of future past prestige, format thing that came out that was just like the two issues and a thing and that and that was like wow well, i didn't even know i thought it was just some crazy issue uh-huh. or something i didn't realize it was like oh this is from yeah whatever
0: but those old like fantasy illustration books that they used to put out if finding those that's that's fantastic that yeah. and like if you can find some old heavy metal mags if you can find some of like the old french stuff even like asterisk stuff like i still like if i can find that stuff like i'm stoked
1: yeah, I got I got a buddy that's into that. There's like that, that the bookshop over here uh actually has a bunch of that stuff. That's not really my thing, but yeah. um
0: yeah. Uh, are there any other artists besides Barry Windsor Smith and Corbin or anything that like you get really jazzed by when you see and, and kind of
1: really kind of uh fortify you? Uh I'm on a Drew Lake kick right now. I love the Drew Lake. I mean, I, and I had a couple of uh Sloan books. you know, they just look like um it looks like what the war- games workshop the warhammer people like looked at that and we're like all right now we're gonna start a company yeah based on this <laughs> it looks kind of like that but even weirder um but um yeah i've been i've been on this like deep not deep but like i'm i've been starting to accumulate more of the, and i and i'm and i'm i'm trying to get less of like the um you know barry windsor smith too like um I hadn't thought of it, and this is like a recent thing that I had never thought of. But that the the coloring and the reprints and all this stuff that it makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'd seen some of yeah. this Conan stuff, and it had been recolored, like that Dark Horse stuff that had been re- yeah. like digitally recolored. It looks like garbage. I can't even look at it. It looks yeah. so bad. And then once I just saw it in black and white or the original colors or whatever, it's like, oh, this is why people love it because it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. You know, it's incredible in these colors. So like with some of the Drew stuff, like they have all these like big reprints but they're on like glossy paper it's kind of whatever but uh i've been kind of trying to find like the reprint the older prints of those things that are a little a little more to my taste what's your uh, what's been your but,
0: experience in trying to track those down are they hard to get oh it's
1: terrible terrible i you mean there's nobody there's nobody around here that has that stuff and um it's like ebay basically like digging through, you know having to dig through ebay and stuff yeah but, yeah um,
0: the coloring thing I'm, i get uh i I'm I'm a little agnostic to that, but I understand it. And I'm I, I recently read, I had never actually dove in and read the Alan Moore swamp thing run, like in its entirety. So I'm digging into mm-hmm. that. And I bought the um the new absolute ones that they have that are recolored. And um I I saw online like people like really despise it. So I understand completely
1: the, the mentality. I mean, it just depends color. on how garish it is. And like I don't I don't like the sort of like uh the digital like shading, like I don't like all those effect. I don't, I don't, I just don't. I just don't. That effect just doesn't gel with me. I mean, there's plenty of comics I have, like newer comics that are dr- even drawn digitally and colored digitally. That I love, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Something about, especially like the old stuff, it just doesn't look as good when it when it has that um treatment. And and like like I came to cartoons kayfabe. It's funny because um, before I came to cartoons kayfabe. I read an article that Tom Sholey wrote right. specifically about Conan and the coloring stuff. And that's what like, got me thinking about it. I was like, Oh, it looks different. You know, not, you know what I mean? So like, um, you know, it's kind of ironic that I came at, I, I found that article with him. He, cause he's one of the cartoons, k dudes and found that article with him when I was doing all the Barry Windsor Smith stuff. And then, and then I actually got into cartoons k cause I, I was looking for Barry Windsor Smith interviews and mm-hmm. that pro I think that's how I got to like their wizard flips or whatever because uh-huh. they were going issue a wizard that had uh Barry- and then and then I sort of like did a deep dive into like the the wizard stuff and then mm-hmm. you know e- I mean that's the thing about cartoon skatefabe though is like even even them flipping through some fucking bullshit wizard thing that's like so much garbage their commentary on it will will open up all kinds of stuff that isn't garbage sure actually going that was actually going on at the same time yeah that's my I, I don't know that that's one of the things i'm sort of filled with a bit of regret about is that um i wasn't more open to like the cooler stuff that was happening in that I period the same where feeling i was like obsessed with comics
0: yeah i i feel the same way like you kind of almost feel like you had it wrong but you know like that's kind of how it goes like you have to come to it eventually. Like,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, I know, but it's, but it's also, you know, it's the same way with like music and stuff. It's like, um, oh, if I just gotten into this back then, I, where would I be now? I'd be like right years ahead now <laughs> what I was listening to. And, yeah. You
0: know. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: do you think it's do you think the, um, the coloring thing is like the lack of the
1: hand feel? Uh, yeah just that it's bad the sensibility is just not good it's just a different aesthetic value yeah and one that i don't like you know one that I th- it just looks bad to me mm-hmm. you know the same the same way like um a drawing in a certain style or a song in a certain way like somebody might like it but not me you know <laughs> so like i mean i can't i don't want to speak about it objectively i just find it aesthetically offensive yeah dude we were just talking about ebay i just got outbid on two al Columbia books i was trying to get what they go for well they're not over yet but i have a feeling they're gonna go for way too much for uh my uh my uh, means two more two more um current people i should mention chris gooch does a bunch of indie stuff um he's out of uh australia new zealand i think uh, but but I've got his books over here. I, th- I can't remember what uh, publisher it is. But Chris Gooch, awesome. Awesome kind of indie. Uh, not slice of life, but uh, kind of dark, weird, good. Uh, and then uh, INJ Colbert. Uh, you got me doing homework. I like it. Yeah, Colbert does a book uh, or maybe did a book called The Brink. That's real good. Kind of Lovecraftian mm-hmm. space thing he's like a two, i think he's a 2008d okay cool. like current current 2008d person i think the brink maybe came out in that i i came to him because he did um some lovecraft adaptations years ago uh when i was kind of first starting to get well another you know ramp back up in the comics I was, I was buying all those do you
0: read fiction like do you read novels Do you read fantasy novels do you yeah. read stuff like uh, that?
1: Yeah, I've been bad Bye-bye. The last few years I've been bad about it Because I've just been reading comic books But yeah, uh, yeah I just read a Clive Barker <laughs> How was it? I was, I was fine It's something I read when I was a kid it was like, uh, you know the movie Nightbreed? Of course Yeah, so uh, I read the story that that's based on Which I had read when I was a teenager I, uh-huh. it was, I randomly like uh, Was looking at some Nightbreed stuff One night And then like two days later when I was thrifting for stuff for the shop, I came across the book that has that story and a bunch of other like short stories. So I grabbed it. And before I threw it in the shop, I was like, oh, I'm going to read this Uh-huh. and just read it. So it's, it's whatever. Quick read. Oh yeah. I
0: don't yeah. think I've ever really sat down. I might've read some short stories a long time ago from Clive Barker, but I've never really had a Clive Barker kick. Like that bug has never really bit
1: me. These whatever. I mean, Honestly, the only Clyde Barker stuff I really like is, like, Nightbreed. Love Nightbreed. One of my favorite movies from the 90s. Love it. <laughs> uh, we, they keep talking about doing, like, a remake, like, doing a TV show remake of it, which sure. I would, if they did it right, would be, I, I'd love that. But um, He does comics now, too, right? Yeah, I think he has. And, and, like, like the Hellraiser stuff, like, I don't. The, Clyde Barker's, like, he's one of those guys, that like, there's some good ideas and stuff. And then it just kind of goes like, there's not a lot of substance to it, but there's some cool ideas. Yeah, like um, in that in that book, uh, one of the short stories is the Master of Illusions. You know, uh-huh. the, like that movie or whatever the um, the Quantum Leap guy. What's his name? Scott Dean Scott. Wait,
0: not Dean Bac- uh, ha- Stockton or the other guy. No, it's like it's like Bacata or I
1: can't remember his last name. Oh, oh, Scott Bakula. Bakula, yeah, right. So like. Uh, <laughs> The short story not great, the movie also pretty bad. But yeah. but like the opening sequence of the movie is great, and like the idea of this like kind of cult in the desert is kind of was kind of cool. Yeah, and then the like the very end, some of the voiceover stuff. Was, it's like it's funny because he's he's like um, the stuff will be very visually compelling with like the opening sequence or like the credits thing is kind of cool and then the rest of it's kind of
0: yeah with clive barker for me um the the ideas are there but also it's i feel like everybody who's ever adapted him hellraiser aside the first one or so just kind of gets it wrong like it's very susceptible to
1: cheesy visual he did the first one he directed that yeah he and he had never directed anything i think he, he did the first. there's a I I watched some when i was on a night break kicked i watched some old interview with him That's like an hour doc bbc documentary type thing or something mm-hmm. where he talked about um and he was like not a punk guy like kind of like a gothy yeah punk-ish guy and like had like a theater troupe he was doing uh-huh. i knew that before yeah. he did also yeah. so it's, right. it's kind of an interesting story, my memory, but Yeah, he's
0: an interesting guy. He's and he has his fan base. Like people still ride for Clive Barker.
1: Clive Barker reminds me of heavy metal. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) there's some cool stuff in it, but you have to like, but there's a lot. It's like a little, a little too much like pervy, whatever shit. Just, you know, I don't know. It's like, do you think that we do you think we
0: um, regard that as pervy and that's just kind of the European sensibility of where it used to be, maybe?
1: ah maybe i don't know it just comes across to me as like r r r, r rated you know skin flick type shit a lot of times yeah. um playboy cartoon you know what i mean it's just like that kind of shit so it's like yeah. it it it's there's i guess it's like fun or whatever and, and like kind of edgy or whatever but it's like it feels like there's less substance to it a lot of times so it's i'm kind of like what so and sometimes i don't care like i'll grab a Richard, you know, Richard Corbin thing or whatever, you know, and there's going to be tons of like whatever in the Richard Corbin shit. But, you know, it, sometimes I don't care and I it's fine. But, you know, most times I the stuff I'm grabbing, I want to balance. I want like the aesthetic values I like, but also like some substance and depth to it. And I want to be able to get something. I want I want something. I want a thing that's going to make me, that's going to give me some reason to come back to it. A a bunch I don't want a thing That I'm just gonna Digest And whatever I mean I do Sometimes But Yeah That's not the stuff I'm keeping You know what I mean It's not the stuff That's gonna stay here It's the stuff I'm gonna Read one time I'm gonna toss it
0: Yeah And some of the heavy uh, Earlier heavy metal stuff Definitely has A eroticism to it But there's some stuff That Kind of Has a Kind of A depth To it that are harder to come by because you know they they pro- they had the they had the reputation of it being a you know somewhat of a fantasy eroticism and for some reason like that must have been big like in the seventies like people there must have been you know dudes and 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 fans and and women I'm sure too that just were really into
1: you know eroticism and illustration and stuff you know I mean I, I don't hate on all this. like I like uh I really like Philip Kaza. And uh, passenger press did a reissue of uh, Chris this book Chris Cool he did mm-hmm. that's incredible and it's just straight up like um, psychedelic erotica basically yeah. but it's awesome like it aesthetically has it's place. It's, in, that, it's incredible
0: but a lot of that heavy metal stuff hasn't aged well no no but it also was formative for me like when I was when I would when I was able to peek through it when I was a kid to understand that comic books just aren't spider-man which i and i love spider-man but like it, there's there was more to it like i remember like seeing it being a little confused obviously titillated but um understanding that there's the 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 medium is has a wide scope
1: i mean i, I came to that stuff much later and I, I feel like my education with comic books has been kind of i wish it had been a bit more gradual and like i kind of got because i feel like i would have gotten into more of the stuff a little sooner, but it was like when I was first finding the stuff that wasn't superheroes, it was probably initially like Gaiman and Alan Moore stuff, mm-hmm. probably. And even, even that's like, not that mm-hmm. far out no. from that, from that stuff. And then it was like Chris Ware. And mm-hmm. it's like that stuff just like so far removed from all this So it was sort of like, um, I don't know, very disjointed and, and, and sort of having to like go back and, and fill in all these holes, which is why I'm like on probably now on this like 70s, 80s kick and, and looking at all this Euro stuff.
0: Yeah, it definitely took, I remember when I was in uh, college and I was on a job, I was on a PA job and like I, you know, I was, I, I definitely was a comics fan. And I was talking with some other PA about comic books and it was, there was this female And um, she totally just like sun me because I didn't know who Daniel Klaus was. And like, I I really didn't know. So it was that moment where I very much like what you're talking about, that that, like that defining moment of crossing a line of like, oh, like there's all of this other stuff that's way cooler than what I'm into. So I better get on that level and check that out because uh, whatever tip this person is on,
1: is way way cooler than what I'm on. Yeah. I mean, it's like discovering punk for me. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like finding music that wasn't the stuff that was getting played on the radio or getting played on MTV. And like realizing there was all all kinds of incredible stuff out there. Like yeah, you just have to you got to hunt it down. You know what I mean? Or you gotta find somebody, you gotta find a mentor or whatever to
0: yeah guide you.
1: Do you have that like
0: sense of like um like almost like a shame in what you
1: used to be into? (laughs) no no, that's good then no no i don't care i mean i you know it's like for me i feel like you know person you like what you like you know what i mean even if it's even if it's like essentially like drivel like yeah whatever you know what i mean and i you know like i said i still like um there's still a spot in my heart for all like old x-men stuff and um you know, I find myself wanting to buy, buy back some of those, uh, older, uh, yeah superior things. And, and, you know, going through like the quarter bins and stuff, I, you know, every now and then I'm like, ah, maybe I should just rebuild like my image year one collection and just to just every, so every now and then I kind of like, flip. but I don't know. It's like this stuff, like you just can't read it. You can't read it. So like, Hard. I don't know. What's the point? I had so many comics that like, I've got more comics than I need right now of stuff that's like good. Yeah. So like why sort of like fill it with all the stuff that's like definitely not good. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to take up the space. But what is the, what is that thing inside of you that's saying, no, 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 I want that. Is
0: that nostalgia?
1: Uh, it's nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing keeping me from selling a box of Star Wars toys in the attic or you know, and I. I think, it's nostalgia. Yeah, I think it's just trying to hold on to like the feeling I had when I was a kid when I first, you know, looked at that first issue of Spawn and was blown away by it. Like, yeah, I think it's it's wanting to hold on to that, you know, re have that feeling again. I want to flip through Spawn because I want to feel that. Yeah. But you know, it's like I will, I will flip through it every ten years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, why, why take up the space just to do like? It just seems kind of silly. Where where you shit.
0: can never you can never really go home. You know like no, you really- I mean yeah and what's the
1: point of like sort of being subsumed in nostalgia, you know what I mean like why not be be I don't know be more mindful of like the present yeah. and moving forward you know I think it's it, I don't know I don't want to get sucked into I feel like I would very easily get sucked into like that chasing chasing that which I think is probably why a lot of people that collect stuff, mm-hmm. collect toys or whatever like they're they're chasing those feelings or whatever.
0: Yeah, I find that it's mostly and it's a wonderful thing. The people I speak with, there's always that it always starts from childhood, no -hmm. matter what they're into. It's always something from childhood. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. But but like that's the thing is like those Star Wars stories in the attic, or you know, the first issue of Young Blood, that is not going to that's not going to give me any fuel now for what I need to do now, you know, in terms of like art creative socially (laughs) you know like it's not I can't get anything out of it now all all it's given me now is nostalgia for like what I felt as a kid like which is like not super helpful and it's not I I don't know I find it a little bit of that's fine but like too much of that I think could maybe be a bit unhealthy yeah I I I would much rather be like making my brain bigger and you Mm -hmm. know my my creative sensibilities expanding those rather than sort of like getting stuck or trying to or trying to go back to like something that appealed to me as like when I was 12 you know like right I was an idiot when I was I was an idiot two years ago you know what I mean so like how much more of an idiot was I 30 years ago you know
0: right do you think you're going to be reading comics well into, I mean, is it cemented? Is it something oh, that, yeah, you're, be, that well, you're here well, to stay? I mean, I've,
1: I've, you know, you go in and out of it, but it's like the same way. Like I, I haven't read, I've probably only read a hand, like a handful of books in the past year. Right. You know, and now I start picking up some books again. So, you know, it, you know, it just comes in waves of what you have time for and what's grabbing your attention or whatever.
0: That's the one thing that stuck around with me throughout my whole life. I've been through in phases of in and out where I'm obsessed with certain things and I want to have them around and I, I want to kind of create a sense of um, stability and, you know, my own sense of roots, but that's, that's my own thing just cause like I moved around a lot when I was a kid, but comics has, um, has definitely stayed and that's persisted throughout. And I could see myself, n- n- you know, always having that uh, in my life. Reading comics. Yeah. I
1: mean, I've always had them. So yeah. like even when I was, even when I had purged a lot of my stuff, um, you know, and that's the thing too. It's like when I went through a, the first phase phase of purging stuff, like I was I was volunteering at the uh, anarchist um, info shop that had a lending library. Cool. And so when I purged all my comics, or the majority of my comics, I moved them into the library. So it was like. I mean, I sort of got rid of them, but I also just sort of moved it yeah. into a collect, you know, into a different location, essentially. How'd that go How'd you know, that
0: go over with with the, the people? Oh, uh, fine. Yeah, people. Yeah, people. I mean,
1: you know, some of that stuff, you know, they didn't care. For, you know, I'm sure people didn't care for some of that, you know, because a lot was garbage and mm-hmm. people at the time could tell better than I could that some of it was garbage. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like I said with the shot, it's like you sort of like live in collector wise sort of like living vicariously through these other things, which I think gives me a sort of like privilege of like, Oh, I can, I I don't have all the, I don't have all the shit taking up, you know, it's not taking taking up space at my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is sort of taking up space just somewhere else, you know, if, Um, if
0: you, if you, and I know you have to go, we'll wrap it up soon, but if, if you could, and if you had a different sensibility, what would you collect? What are some things that you see out there and like, Oh, like I'm kind of into that, but I have to resist.
1: Uh, well, I don't know if I ever resist. <laughs> no. I don't know if I ever, re- there's nothing I'm like resisting. Um, it, it's more of a matter of like accumulating too much of the things I like. I think mm-hmm. if, I think if like, m- if money wasn't an issue, I yeah. would, I would get art, probably more art. I'd yeah. have more stuff hanging on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and and that's really, I mean, that's, it's more of like a a means and space, the right space to have those things in. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't think I missed, there's nothing that I like, would like to be collecting that I'm not. Uh, I would maybe, uh, you remember Battle Beasts? Yeah. (laughs) I have a box of those. I would maybe, I would maybe get more of the like the one thing that's like I would sort of like meaning, meaning, essentially like meaningless thing. I would probably collect if I just had more money and space. And, and Are you a low key toy nerd? Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, I still had all this stuff. Not real. I mean, I don't. I got a box because I keep talking about. It. I got <laughs> I got a little shoebox of Battle Beasts. Yeah, <clears throat> I probably have a big tote full of the old eighty Star Wars toys still in the attic. I think I've gotten rid of pretty much everything else. Um, uh, Legos, uh-huh. I got a ton of Legos, but That's we cool. were uh, we had a little game group and we were playing um, this game, Mordheim. Which I've, is heard, like, of that. I've yeah, heard of it's that. Basically, it's basically like uh, Warhammer Light, mm-hmm. but hey um, anyway, Without getting too into it, the Legos were we instead of get buying like a bunch of stuff to play the game we just reused the Lagos for the we game. Made a, like a play set, a, a game set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. People would know the game, like could kind of picture it, but, um, yeah. So I was, I was getting like a bunch of that shit at one point, just cause we were playing, it was, we we're, were using it. we were using it for the play of the game whatever. So, cool.
0: you know, and, well, I
1: mean, it was fun, but, um, No, I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff. I I go to a ton of uh, garage sales and estate sales Mm -hmm. because I'm looking for stuff for the record shop. But um, I end up finding a lot of like knickknacks and stuff. But I I try to be pretty good about not bringing too much of that stuff home. Yeah, that could be, that could overflow real
0: quick when you get into tchotchkes and and
1: knickknacks. We've been good about, um, I've been pretty good about like when I get stuff, it's like usually because I'm trying to upgrade something at the house rather than, you know, just accumulate more things, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like, I don't like having too much stuff. I could probably stand to get rid of some stuff.
0: How do you pack light when you go on the road?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Even, I'm getting, I'm getting even crazier about it. Like when we went to Europe just now, I, um, I, like a tiny school, like my high school school bag uh-huh. and I, uh, clothing wise, I brought, I started bringing, um, like t-shirts that I'm, I want to get rid of. Uh-huh like old just plain shirts i want to get rid of i bring all in old underwear or whatever any yeah. old clothes that i'm gonna yeah. i need to trash yeah i'll bring on a tour now i'll wear it till it's ready to go and then i'll just trash it on tour so like yeah it gets lighter and lighter as i go yeah that's that's like my new my new my new tour my new tour thing
0: i like it i like it yeah